You're listening to Emphasis On Air, the new podcast from the PHA UK, talking all things PH and what matters to you. Hi, I'm Sean. Hey up, I'm John. Hi, I'm Mary. And together we're all part of Team PHA UK. So hello, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Emphasis on Air. We have a special guest with us today, Dr. Neil Hamilton. Neil is a consultant pharmacist at the Specialist Centre in Sheffield, and he's also one of our clinical advisors here at the PHA. Now, we've worked with Neil for a long time, and even if he's not a familiar voice to you, you'll probably have seen his columns in every issue of Emphasis and also his name pop up on social media updates every now and again. He's also been on a few videos, so hopefully being off camera on this podcast is a little bit easier for you, Neil. (laughs) Um, Neil is here today to talk about the very important subject of HRT, which stands for hormone replacement therapy, which is a way of managing the symptoms of menopause. Now, it's possible that you're wondering what menopause has to do with pH. Well, menopause affects 50% of the population. All of us women will go through it at some point. And the vast majority of our members here at the PHA are women. And that does reflect pH in that many more women are diagnosed with it than men. And we know this is important to you as a subject because you've told us. And we do have a big feature on it coming up in the next issue of Emphasis with HRT advice from Neil. And coincidentally, you may have seen recent news that a certain type of HRT may soon be available over the counter at pharmacies. So Neil's come here to talk a little bit about that today too. So I think I'll shut up now and let Neil get a word in. So welcome, Neil, first of all. Can you tell us a bit about HRT and how it works for those that don't know? Yeah, thanks, Mary. And uh, thanks for inviting me along today. It's a pleasure for me to be uh, here on the podcast with you and advising some of our members. So HRT is, as you've mentioned, hormone replacement therapy. And that's in a nutshell what it is. So it's replacing the hormones that the body would naturally provide once uh, women reach a certain age or have a hysterectomy and their body's no longer releasing those those hormones. So it's estrogen and progesterone. Okay. And it can be quite controversial, can't it? We do tend to see a lot in the press about HRT, not always good things. Yeah, it's got a bad press, um, primarily because of the risks associated with taking HRT, um, which are likely to be the risks um, of osteoporosis, of cardiovascular disease and stroke, and to do with increased potentially increased risk of breast cancers, ovarian cancers, and of course, blood clots. Now, some of those are very real and some of those are less important depending on the age of the patient and their uh, personal clinical circumstances. So yes, it does uh, have a controversial sort of reputation, but it's not to be underestimated the impact of the symptoms of that women suffer when they're going through the menopause. So actually it might be a very important treatment for them to consider if it's appropriate for them. So HRT comes in a number of different formats, doesn't it, Neil? Um, So can we just have a bit of a chat about what those different formats are and how they help women who might be struggling with symptoms of the menopause? So HRT comes in a number of different forms, um, primarily tablets, but it's also available in topical formulations. So that's such as patches or gels and creams. And for some ladies who are only experiencing the vaginal dryness symptoms, then there is a localized 
vaginal tablet that might be appropriate uh, for those symptoms. The tablets and the patches would affect the more what we call systemic, so whole body effects of the menopause, such as the hot flushes, night sweats, tiredness, and reduced sex drive. So there are a different a whole range really of, of products um, that can be tailored according to exactly the needs and the symptoms that patients are experiencing. Brilliant. Thank you, Neil. So big question then, is HRT in whatever form um, suitable for women with pH? Uh, it's not quite so a straightforward answer, Mary, here. So because of the risk of blood clots associated with with anything containing estrogen, then we would really not recommend it for our patients who who have either had a previous blood clot or have chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension, because obviously there would be uh, much more at risk of further blood clots. Um, but I wouldn't rule it out completely in patients that have other forms of pulmonary hypertension. So possibly the topical forms, the gels, the patches, vaginal tablets might be okay because there is a reduced overall um, absorption to the body and uh, therefore some reduced risks associated. Um, But my advice would be for patients with pH and perhaps anyone else listening to the podcast with complex, more complex health conditions, um, not purely just the menopause, um, that they would discuss those either with the doctor or as we're going to come on later, perhaps the pharmacist in future. Okay. So is is the message really that everything and everybody needs to be looked at at an individual basis and it's not the same sort of advice for everybody with pH? Yeah, I would say so. Um, we can definitively say that certainly anything with an estrogen component would not be good uh, for our patients with chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension, but for everybody else, I think it would be a fair discussion because clearly menopause can have a massive influence on their quality of life and they might be really struggling with those symptoms and an effective treatment of HRT might make life much more bearable for them. So yeah, I would encourage everyone to have that discussion. They can go to their GP They might want to have a discussion with their local pharmacist first, but certainly I think probably a GP would be a good place to start. So there is help out there for people that are struggling with the symptoms of menopause. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, so as I've alluded to earlier, there is now a consultation that the medicines regulator in this country called the MHRA. So they've are looking at the possibility of uh, women being able to talk to their local pharmacist or being able to access certain forms of HRT um, without going to the GP for a prescription. And that's been on the news recently, hasn't it? I know BBC News ran that as a headline story, so it's possible that um, people listening have have already heard about that. Yeah, indeed. So it's um, it's a vaginal oestrogen tablet, isn't it, Um, called Gina 10. Sometimes I probably won't pronounce this right, but is it Estradiol? Estradiol, (laughs) yeah. And that's to treat specifically vaginal dryness, isn't it? That's right. So it's a tablet that women would insert into the vagina using a special applicator that they get with it, and that's specifically for symptoms of vaginal dryness. So by reducing the estradiol into the walls of the vagina, it reduces the dryness, um, but there would be very little, if any, absorbed into the whole body bloodstream, which is why there, the, there would be a reduced risk of overall side effects associated with that particular type of HRT. 
Okay. And so that consultation um, with the MHRA is taking place at the moment, isn't it? It's asking um, GPs, pharmacists and the public for their views. Yep. And that's due uh, to close that consultation on the 23rd of February. Yep. I'm um, fairly certain that the steer within the pharmacy com- pharmacy community is that it's a really positive sort of idea to improve access and we've seen throughout the COVID-19 pandemic that people have used their local pharmacy as a, as a first point of access maybe because they couldn't get to their GP for appointments. We know that local pharmacies are open often into the evening and sometimes till late at night. You don't need an appointment. Uh, community pharmacies are highly trained healthcare professionals. So they have a wealth of knowledge and experience and able to offer advice on, on a whole range of issues. So, so it really sounds like a really positive move, this potentially. Yes, I think so. Um, there is part of the consultation is to decide whether they would be readily available for sale, such as you could buy paracetamol without even speaking with the pharmacist. Um, my personal view is that that would be a, a step too far and that offering them through pharmacies, but after a consultation with the pharmacist would be the safest way forward here. Okay. So if somebody with, with pulmonary hypertension wanted to potentially access this treatment in that way, should they? how should they prepare for a conversation with a pharmacist about this? Should they be prepared for the fact the pharmacist might not know what pH is? Yeah, most definitely. So we know that perhaps maybe one or two patients in a GP practice might have pulmonary hypertension based on average numbers. So it's possible that a, a local pharmacist might not have ever come across a patient with pulmonary hypertension, or if you're known to them, you might be their only patient with pulmonary hypertension. So I think it, with rare conditions of any sort, like pH, then it's always good to be carrying around some information about pulmonary hypertension, about the condition, how it affects the body, so that uh, the pharmacist can be well informed when they're making a decision. I'd suggest that if it isn't a local pharmacy where you regularly go for your medicines, that you took recent clinic letters from the PH clinic or from any other clinic you're attending. Also go equipped with a current, up-to-date and accurate list of all the medicines that you're also taking. For the localised vaginal tablets, there won't be much in the way of drug interactions because it's locally absorbed. It doesn't get absorbed much into the, into the bloodstream. So there's much, much less chance, if any, of any interactions, but for other forms of, uh, for HRT, you might be asking your GP about, then they would need to check about interactions and have other concerns. So I think always go well equipped with up-to-date clinic letters and, and, and list of medication that you're currently taking. Brilliant. It's likely that the pharmacist or the GP, whoever's going to be issuing it, is going to do perhaps ask a range of questions and uh, maybe take some observations like, such as blood pressure, etc. So um, the, the better clued up you are, the more information you take with you. If that person doesn't know you very well, um, they can make an informed decision. We had a bit of a chat um, just before we started recording, didn't we, Neil, where you um, you mentioned something which seemed like very simple advice, but actually really helpful. Um, you said something about if you can make sure that you always use the same pharmacy. Yeah. So we talked about that. And uh, as I say, as we were talking about before, Mary, then um, it's quite nice for the pharmacist to get to know their patients in this and to build up their relationship of trust. So in the same way that 
often our patients like to have the same GP every time they go to the surgery because they feel they've, um, that they know that person well, then the same applies with, with pharmacies and pharmacists. So it's as long as you find a pharmacy that, uh, that dispenses your medication in the way that you like, and perhaps they offer delivery service. There's a range of other services that, uh, the pharmacy might offer. Once you're happy with that then sticking to one, I think is a good idea. Then they're familiar with the medication you take when you might need it. They can also request prescriptions from the surgery in a timely way to get ready for your delivery or uh, to, d- to dispense your repeat. So I, I think, yes, it's a good idea to put up a relationship and, 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 and stick to one pharmacy if that's at all possible. Okay. So if somebody with pH is worried about menopause or HRT or has any questions, who should they be speaking to about this then? Is it their specialist centre? Is it the pharmacist? Is it the GP? Where should that first point of call be? I'd say local advice in the first instance. So speak to the GP. Uh, by all means, if it's a simple question, um, a straightforward question, maybe about other medications you're taking, that the pharmacist and your local pharmacy may well be able to advise. But I think probably it would be a, a trip to the GP, get an appointment. Um, GPs are offering face-to-face appointments now. So I think that would be the uh, the best idea. I'm not sure that your pH specialist center would be a good first point of call, first point of call. Um, they may well be able to confirm or they may be able to offer some reassurance if you wanted to double check what the decision of the GP was. But I think that they're not experts in managing menopausal symptoms. So I I would recommend go to the GP first. Thank you. That, that's really helpful. The whole chat's been really helpful and, and really interesting. And I'm sure that those listening will agree. Uh, menopause is a really important topic. Um, it's not talked about enough, uh, especially as it does affect half of the population. Um, so I'm really pleased that we've been able to record this podcast today. And thank you, Neil, for taking the time to come on and, and talk about these important things. Um, like I said, we do have a, um, a feature coming up in the next issue of Emphasis. Um, it's, I think it's probably be the biggest feature we've ever done on any topic actually it's um, seven or eight pages and as I said before um, Neil you do have a column as part of that feature talking about this very subject of, of HRT in the context of pH so uh, thank you for your time this is your first time on um, Emphasis on Air hopefully it won't be your last <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure thanks for inviting me on Mary no problem and uh, thank you for listening and um, hopefully we'll see you back on here again soon Neil The podcast will be available across all platforms, Apple, Spotify and Google. So please make sure to give it a rating and a review and hit subscribe not to miss out on an episode of Emphasis On Air.